And now, streaming out of Northeast Ohio, representing Marks, Drunks, and a little bit of kayfabe, AIW Fan Club. It's wrestling and podcasting, previewing and reviewing all motherfucking day. People of the world, I give to you wrestling fucking cheers. Taking your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when you're the Michael Jordan of wrestling figure collecting. This is Wrestling Cheers, where they talk about things going on in Northeast Ohio, independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is a preview for AIW's major announcement. I am your host, Justin Summers, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by the Trending Topics Network and Midwest Territory. Please rate, review, and subscribe. You're ever listening to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers, Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers, Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. Email, if you so choose, desire WrestlingCheers or gmail.com, and we have the merch store over at WhatAmaneuver.net. Like I said, this is a preview for AIW's major event featuring Matt Cardona, Brian Myers, Smart Mark Sterling, and Hornswoggle. This this is a episode I've been really excited to do. Number one, we're off of the go for broke stuff. Now we're on to an actual live show. Restrictions are going to be lifted. And not only do you have this, you have Toy Hio being the, the same week and being the next day. And that's also featuring Matt Cardona, Brian Myers, Smart Mark Sterling, and Hornswoggle. That the next day you can, of course, find in Girard, Ohio, the 10th Toy Hio at the Metroplex Expo Center. And this obviously being at the ODN Concert Club. So much going on with this weekend. So excited. Let's get into it. I've already introduced myself. And this time we got the cook, the barbecue master of AIW and Toy Hio. We have Brock, Smoking Jay's Barbecue. Hey, thanks for having me on again, Justin. Always great. You got a, a very busy weekend coming up. Or busy week coming uh, up. Yeah, really busy week. Uh, Toy Hio for me is already uh, really busy. And then you know we added another event uh, that we're going to be popping up at that same exact day um, in Pittsburgh. So while I'm at Toy Hio, Mike is going to be out in Pittsburgh slinging some smoky goodness. So yeah, it's going to be a, a really crazy week. Uh, I'm going to start doing prep on like Wednesday. So, so yeah, a lot of stuff to do. And we have Orange Flacity. I'm back. I'm off of my wrestling cheers ban. They finally worked <laughs> out the contract dispute. I'm back, baby. Yeah. The contract dispute and said, hey, get better fucking equipment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your microphone clicks every time you mute it. Get a better fucking mic. 
which uh summers i do believe it said somewhere in that contract we worked out uh, you were supposed to play go go gadget gospel when you introduced me but we'll we'll we'll, we'll figure it out in post oh we, we are going to figure out post are you going to pay the uh, copyright shit for it uh probably nope, <laughs> nope. I, I didn't know we got entrance music yeah oh it's in my contract oh Oh, yeah, yeah. I need to make up a contract. Yeah. Hashtag free orange flaccity. <laughs> oh, you didn't reread it where I can cancel any clause and I canceled that clause because uh, copyright reasons, because I don't, I don't use licensed music on this podcast. There's a reason why, uh, I did have a intro that I loved on this podcast years ago, but I kept getting copyright violations on YouTube and I said, fuck, I can't use it anymore. So I, I ended up paying Mac, Max Caster to do the outro, which money well spent i'd love it and then uh, a little peek behind the curtain i just found someone that covered the wrestling cheers theme or not the wrestling cheers theme but the cheers theme on youtube and it sounded good i'm like all right that's good enough i'm not gonna get a copyright violation for it there you go uh yeah all right we'll we'll look past the few things in the contract mainly just because you're not charlie butters and this is an iwtv guide so i'll be a little more forgiving on this one hey orange you should uh, have mark sterling start looking over your contracts Oh, oh, believe me, that's that's going to be first order of business this Friday in Ohio. Uh, <laughs> I'm bringing him that IWTV guide contract and we're going we're gonna to hammer some things out. I was about to say he's he's one of my lawyers. The other one's Veda Scott. So, I mean, yeah, I got I got a tough legal yeah, team already. It's, it's just a shame that uh, it's going to be a very, very short lived partnership because smart Mark Sterling, along with the rest of the doll dorks, is going to be taking a one way trip down exit one eight seven this weekend. Now we'll, we'll we'll get into that. We'll get into that. That's going to be towards the end of the show, but we will get into what I mean. What has to be the main event? So normally, when we do these episodes, we will preview three matches, talk about them at length, and then go back and do picks on all the matches on the card. Well, as of right now, we don't have a, a lot of matches announced. Uh, I have, to my knowledge, five. Uh, if yeah, they, I have five myself. So if they've announced anything other than these five at the time of recording, we didn't know. And I expect there to be more because just having five matches isn't AIW. There's probably going to be at least, I won't say at least, but there's probably going to be around three added. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking it'll some probably be somewhere between three or four, yeah. uh, depending on if they want to stick with the eight match format or if they want to go back to the pre-pandemic Yeah pre-pandemic uh format of nine but uh we'll see we'll see i have some speculation about what those matches might be that are nothing more than speculation on my part of what i really really want to see someday and i maybe we'll get it here who knows and then we might get a match or two pre-show yeah we we've been getting the dark matches as of late so yeah who knows we could have uh we could have 20 matches who knows maybe thorn goes completely insane on this one and we get 20 okay now this isn't that. black label pro what am i talking about i think um we'll, we'll have a, a pre-show match and i'm expecting uh arthur MacArthur to lose whatever match that is so um that's kind of what he's good for right now in aw razor sharp defeats uh arthur MacArthur in about four minutes i mean we're talking about razor sharp i think it just yeah, give, yeah. give four, razor sharp generous force generous here <laughs> I mean, give Razor Sharp 15 seconds and he'll obliterate. That's all he needs. That's all he needs because Arthur's not ready. Arthur's not ready and he's going to send him back to the Stone Age and make him get boxing gloves. Yeah, yeah, like a caveman with boxing gloves that we all know and love. 
so I didn't realize this until recently. Did you know that caveman's boxing gloves are on backwards? <laughs> no, they are. Go look at the picture. I mean, he's a caveman. Yeah, but I mean, ca- cavemen had boxing gloves. They don't. They don't know the right from their left. They they just know gloves. That's that's it. Oh yeah, fair enough. I guess left and right wasn't invented until let me see, eighteen thirty four. Yeah, eighteen thirty four. Somewhere along those lines. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wrestling Tears resident historian here, Orange Blasty. So happy to be on the show so that I can learn something today. <laughs> exactly, and th- that's what you learned today. Right and left were invented in eighteen thirty four. So let's get into these matches, and one that I'm going to start with because I think it's very interesting. Ethan Wright versus Lee Moriarty. Like, you have Ethan Wright who, well, at least he's not going to be on the pre-show this time. He's been Mr. Pre-show lately, so not him. But he has had this Academy Killer thing for Go For Broke. So now he's going to go up against the best wrestler in North America, Lee Moriarty. So someone who is notably not from the AIW Academy. Very, very true. But but I'm still curious to how well this match is going to be. Like, there's a lot of people that criticize Ethan Wright, but like this is this is, in my opinion, the first real challenge we've seen of Ethan Wright in AIW. Summers, correct me if I'm wrong, but if we're including like pre-show matches from uh, last AIW show uh, and go for broke, is Ethan Wright undefeated in AIW? Ethan Wright is. N- I want to say he's not undefeated. I would. I, I feel like he might he have lost, lost during Derek Go for Broke, but I can't remember what that match was. What was that? He, lost, he lost to Derek uh, in action. He lost to Derek. Okay, because I I remember he beat Tuan, and he had a few other victories, uh, but I couldn't remember. But he did lose to Derek. Yeah, you're right. I remember that now. But yeah, that other than Derek, very first match too. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. So other than his first match, uh, he has not lost in AIW. I'm double checking this and pulling up his his cage match. Technically, Ethan Wright has lost one match in singles competition. He is undefeated. There is. Oh yes, that, you're right. He he was a part of the uh, four way or the eight man tag. Yes. At yes, yeah, yeah. I I remember that now. Yes. Okay. So technically not undefeated, but in singles competition, yes, undefeated. Oh, und- he is undefeated in singles action. Okay. Oh, well, I should say, not not counting Derek. Derek. Yeah, yes. not counting Derek. Yeah, which that was his first match. You walk into a new promotion, you're not quite, you know, you don't quite have your footing. You could maybe probably get knocked around that first time, as he did with Derek. After that, you got your head on straight, you're focused, and he hasn't lost in a singles match since. If we want to put it this way, which is what I was looking at it as, forgetting about his uh, first match in AIW, in 2021, outside of that tag match, he is undefeated, so he's undefeated in singles competition. Yeah, so there you go. But he's going up against former IWTV independent wrestling champion, the best wrestler in North America, Lee Moriarty. I do not think this is going to be a cakewalk for him. This isn't Marino Tanagli. This isn't Big Tuan Tucker. This isn't TKD. This isn't Levi Everett or Brian Carson. I argue this isn't even Derek Director or Derek Dillinger. This is Lee Moriarty. This is the top of the top of the top of independent professional wrestling. This is somebody, if Ethan Wright really wanted to make his name against him, this would be the man to beat. You can look at it in two ways. One, Ethan Wright's never faced an opponent like this before. Or two, if Ethan Wright, which we, we know he does, wants to reach that upper echelon of independent professional wrestling, this is the man he has to beat. 
I definitely agree with that. And, you know, Summers, like you said, uh, this is going to be a really big challenge for Ethan. Um, Lee Moriarty is, you know, as we all say, the best wrestler in North America. Uh, it's a great opportunity for everybody, for Ethan to show everybody, you know, what he can do, uh, that Harley race training. And I'm really looking forward to this match. Like, I mean, I've, I've been on the Ethan Wright train, you know, this whole entire time. And I, I'm, I'm really excited to see what Ethan's going to do against Lee. And I'm excited to see Lee, you know, back again. You know what's interesting? I'm looking at his cage match, and uh, Ethan Wright only had one match, at least through um, a company that Cage Match follows, only had one match in 2019. Two matches in 2020. Obviously, Pandemic is going to be a big part of 2020, but 2019 is the one that gets me. I don't know whether... I admittedly don't know how new Ethan Wright is to professional wrestling. Uh, we know he was Harley Race's final student, but I don't know where that puts him in terms of how long he's been wrestling. Uh, I don't. Here's the thing: he wrestles like somebody who is, if it, theoretically, and we know cage match is always wrong, so it's not this way. But theoretically, if those were his only three matches prior, and I sincerely doubt they were. But if those were his only three matches prior, he does not wrestle like a man who had only had three matches before walking into AIW. He wrestles very much like a seasoned veteran. He is dangerous. He is very physical in the ring. He's a tremendous technical wrestler. We've seen the way, especially in those uh, throughout go through for broken in those dark matches, how he has a fondness for taking apart his opponent's legs and then locking in that figure four. Uh, Ethan Wright's dangerous, guys. I've already told the story on this podcast, uh, but the first time I saw Ethan Wright was 10 years ago. So he's, oh. he's been at it. He's been at it for uh, about 11. That makes a lot more. Sense. Yeah. And you know, a lot of, a lot of it is, you know, he, why you probably have never seen him before is because he's on a lot of those smaller independents. Um, like the shows that I've seen him on, you know, prior to AI, coming to AIW was that, you know, like Midwest show down in Marion that, you know, like they use a lot of the, uh, AIW guys, they use, they use a lot of the Ohio's Ohio championship guys. Um, and then I've seen him at the mid Ohio shows, uh, that were running here in Maslin. And then, you know, the first time that I saw him, uh, was at MCW whenever they were running out of Alliance. So, I mean, he's been in a lot of the smaller promotions, but, uh, I mean, he, he's finally, he finally got his opportunity in AIW. And like I've said before on, on this show, um, he just needed to get in the, in front of the right eyes. And I think that him being in AIW is going to help, help propel him to, you know, higher levels. Iron sharpens iron, as they say. And well, uh, he's wrestling Lee Moriarty in probably the biggest match of his independent wrestling career to this point. I would say that that's safe to say that. Yeah. While you guys were talking, I pulled up, uh, look, I should say we'll look more into his cage match. Cause I already had it pulled up according to this. I mean, it definitely wasn't his debut. Well, potentially wasn't his debut, but you get a little picture of how long Ethan Wright's been wrestling. According to this, the first match they have listed was from March 5th, 2005 and it's for a company called WLW in somewhere around the Kansas and Missouri area. 
somewhere, probably somewhere, somewhere around Kansas City, because the first match was in Levensworth, Kansas, but the next two matches, or yeah, the next two matches from that company were in um, Missouri. Yeah, so it's like I said, he 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 wrestles like a guy who's been around for a while. He is a guy who's been around for a while. He's had time to really hone his craft, and you know he's been waiting for an opportunity like this. You know, you don't keep wrestling for 11 years and just you're comfortable with staying at that level of like a mid to low indie. You know, you want and anybody I have ever known who has wrestled wants that top spot. Lee Moriarty's one of those guys with that one with one of those very elusive top spots. That is potentially his first match because yeah. uh, thinking about it, if you're in the Kansas City area, Harley Race was from the Kansas City area. The company was called World League Wrestling. And when I click on it, uh, it said the owner was Harley Race from 1999 to 2019. So potentially that was his first match. Yeah, or at least if that wasn't his first, his first is probably right around there. Yeah. So, yeah. 11 years, long time coming. Potentially finally getting a shot against uh, Lee Moriarty here. Oh, wait, you said 2006, didn't you? That's yeah, it. That's like 16 that's, years. That's Did I say 2006? I meant 2010. Oh, 2010. Okay. So, yeah, 11 years. 11 years. Mm-hmm. And he's finally getting that big shot on IWTV against the former IWTV champion, Lee Moriarty. I'll say this I'm not going to be surprised if Ethan Wright wins. Did you ever see him in MCW, Brock? Yeah, that was the first place that I saw him. Um, that was so whenever I started going to MCW it was in 2011, so it would have been about a year after he was uh, after he started. Um, that very first show also had uh, Bobby Beverly and um, Eric Ryan. That was the first time that I saw those guys too. Because it looks like that company. MCW main event championship wrestling is where he went to after leaving Harley race. Cause every match that I've seen uh, after that point, that's um, or before that point was a different state was in Illinois, was in Missouri, was in Kansas. But after this, this is the only one that shows up in 2011. And he was on like almost, I can't say every show, but he was on a lot of shows. Yeah, he was, a, he was definitely a regular there, and it makes sense that he would go there um, because MCW was running out of Alliance, and that's where Ethan is from. So after he trained with Harley, he pretty much just went back home, and that was the, that was the promotion that was running out of the town, and he was able to get booked with them. If you saw them in Alliance, and it was in 2011, I can almost guarantee you he went up against Patrick Hayes. Uh, 100%. Um, that was, uh, the, like that rivalry went on for a while. And then it's like two of like the big rival or the three big rivalries that I really remember from that, uh, from the, those MCW shows was, uh, Ethan Wright and Patrick Hayes, Christian Vaughn and, uh, Justin Maine and, uh, the young studs against, uh, Sean Blaze and Seth Allen. And it was actually that my first MCW show uh, was the Young Studs against uh, Sean Blaze and Seth Allen in a ladder match for the tag titles. And uh, Bev and Eric were climbing up the ladder and uh, uh, Eric gave Bev a vertebraker off the ladder and broke up the Young Studs. What sucks is they don't have everything from MCW on here because I'm trying to pull up. 
um, when I went to MCW, which I think I've said on before, they were called MCW, but the real name was Main Event Championship Wrestling, so it would be MECW. But they, I don't, I don't get it. But they don't have anything after 2011, and I know, I know it was around. Yeah, it was. Um, I think it was like sometime in 2012, uh, whenever they, whenever they stopped doing shows, because um, you know, I mean, we, we, you and I talked about it on on here before. Um, it was right after brain damage passed away that they st- stopped doing shows. Yeah. And, uh, cause I was actually, um, I was, I was going to be training with them, uh, cause Shasta ran a school and I had already, I was in contact with, with them all the time about starting training and then, uh, all that stuff with brain damage happened and then everything just kind of stopped. God, do you know what the tag team name was for? Or do you remember for Seth Allen and Sean Blaze? I can't remember what it is, what it was right now. Uh, but I know as soon as you say it, I'm going to feel stupid for not remembering it. It's perfect for this show. The Broski Express. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, oh, gosh, I, they had a, a manager. I can't remember his name now. They don't have oh, a gosh. managers noted on here. Oh, shit. I don't know. It was a, it was a weird gimmick, man. It's cool. Like looking at these results. Cause I know even the show that I went to, uh, Matthew justice is listed. And I know he was at that show. Um, a couple of like other people. I mean, that's, that's going back far, but, uh, the way I, I was able to figure that out because Ethan Wright was only on two Alliance shows in 2011 and both shows was him versus, uh, Patrick Hayes. Yeah. I think pretty much every MCW show that I went to, um, while Ethan Wright was there, it was him against Patrick Hayes. I don't think I saw him wrestle anybody else. I've seen him, you know, wrestle other people, other places, but you know, that specific place. But yeah, with going back to Ethan Wright, like his career, it's, it's been a lot of the smaller companies around Ohio, um, Ohio championship wrestling, uh, NOW Midwest, uh, mid Ohio, just all these types of companies that, don't get the same attention that AIW gets. And there, there's people that wrestle for a lot of these companies that can get lost in the shuffle because they're not out there as much as everybody else. Like I, I know I've seen Ethan Wright, uh, you know, other companies, you know, as recently as, you know, 2018, I saw him at two shows for OCW. So to see him, like I said before, take this jump, take this leap and kind of get, a little more exposure. And I think this is all, I mean, it's also going to help him too, because I think there's something there, but at the same time, something's missing. And I think he can help redefine and fine tune what he has. Yeah. One thing that I kind of noticed pretty recently is that he doesn't have much of a social media presence either. Um, So I think that, you know, because I mean, if you look at his, at his Twitter account, a lot of it is just, you know, him retweeting stuff and, everything's pretty spaced out. You know, I think that, uh, if he can help, you know, if he can build himself a, you know, a, a social media presence, that's really going to help him, uh, you know, moving, moving forward as well. I yeah, still, you look at a lot of the wrestlers who have kind of really broken out. All of them have some sort of social media presence. They, you know, some more than others, obviously you have guys like Dan Housen, who uses social media to his advantage, probably better than any other independent professional wrestler I know. But even hell, going back to his opponent, Lee Moriarty does have a very significant social media presence. He's also an artist on top of everything else. 
you know, he he's out there. You see Lee tweeting on social media, you know, and so I think that's probably one of the things that could probably help out, help out Ethan Wright a little bit, just developing a little more of a social media presence. It doesn't have to be anything, you know, grandiose, but just something, you know what I mean? It's crazy to think that in 2021 that wrestlers on any level don't have a social media presence. Like maybe, I mean, if you've made it all the way to WWE and you don't have a social media uh, presence, like let's face it, I'm not a hundred percent sure John Moxley runs his own Twitter, but I know when it was Dean Ambrose, he sure as fuck didn't. So I can understand that. But if you're somebody like now in 2021 and you're an independent wrestler and you are not getting yourself out there on social media, I I'm just shocked because I've, I've just seen that throughout, you know, the past decade where like, that's going to help you. Like, look at guys like Dan house and look at guys like Effie and that has helped them so much. Like, look at, go ahead. Look at the main eventer of this show, Zack Ryder, oh. Mark Cardona, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. Also like, this is going to go into a little side tangent, but I get this on TikTok because like I'll talk about independent wrestlers and on there I've started a series and I haven't done one in a while, but like independent wrestlers, you should be on the lookout for. So I'm telling a lot of these, uh, you know, kind of mainstream wrestling fans, like maybe the, the furthest they dig when it comes to independent wrestling is new Japan, which I know it's not independent wrestling, but like that's, they can use some independent wrestlers, you know, bring people over, but there's also the fact of it's not mainstream American wrestling. So like, I'll give some people credit. But like I'm talking to all those type of people and I'm saying like, hey, go like literally the first one I did was Lee Moriarty. I like go check out Lee Moriarty. And I did this sometime last year. I've talked about like Ethan Page. I talked about um, Dan Housen, obviously many other people. But then I'll get people jumping in my comments and I've even seen wrestlers do it to maybe put themselves over or put someone they know over. The first thing I do, I go to Twitter. So you're telling me that I need to follow Shane Smith from florida and i go find his twitter and he has five tweets and he's been wrestling for like six years i'm like okay i don't need to know about you you're not putting yourself out there then after that i go to cage match and i'm just blown away but like okay because i won't know everybody in independent wrestling but if you're a name on the, on the come up i'll either hear about you through somebody else or maybe i'll see like oh you've wrestled in some places that are very notable i'm going to have to check you out. I have to keep an eye on you. Like I remember years ago, we're talking six years ago, maybe a friend of mine said, dude, there's this female wrestler from my area. You're going to want to check her out. She's going to be a star. Her name was Jordan Grace. And I've been following her ever fucking since. Yep. So, so it happened. Like if you don't put yourself out there, how are you expecting anything from any of these companies? But Hey, Ethan, right. all like not discrediting him. Cause he does have a little social media. But the fact of the matter, he did lose some legwork to get where he's at, but he's not going to be around. Now that's social media and wrestlers is something that I don't understand when they don't put forth the effort. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's the thing. Like you said before, something's missing. I think that's it. Cause as soon as he can get himself a social media presence and he's getting these high caliber matches against guys like Lee Moriarty, he can finally start to find himself in that upper tier because he can go in the ring. We all know that by now. We all watch Go For Broke. He can go in the ring. That's not the problem. He's got to start putting himself out there a little bit more. And potentially, after this match with Moriarty, we could see a change. Or we could start to see some more buzz on the end of Ethan Wright, theoretically. 
One of the other things that I think is uh, really going to benefit Ethan with being in AIW is, you know, whenever uh, I was on here with uh, Stacy before, you know, Stacy just kind of kept saying, you know, he, he just doesn't get it. It's just the whole, you know, I was trained by Harley Race thing. And, you know, Ethan doesn't really have like a gimmick. And I think that, you know, right now in AIW, he has this Academy killer thing, but he's got to develop something that he can use everywhere now because that Academy killer only works in AIW. It's not going to work whenever, you know, he's going to these other promotions. So I think that while he's in AIW being around a lot of these people that have been around and, you know, the legends that John constantly brings in, I think that Ethan is you know, really going to be able to learn a lot and getting into the ring with somebody like Lee, who, while I would guess Ethan has a little bit more, he's been at it longer. Lee has more experience on the bigger stages. And so I think Ethan's going to really be able to learn a lot from Lee um, about wrestling on the big stage. And so I'm really excited for this match. Any final thoughts on this match before we move on? Uh, I'm just going to reiterate the one thing I said earlier. Uh, don't be shocked if Ethan Wright wins. I expect Lee to, but I wouldn't be shocked if Ethan Wright pulled off some sort of upset here. Nothing else, Brock? I mean, are we doing picks right now? or? Oh, good point. Good point. Uh, I'm stuck in the traditional mode, and I already explained to people that that's not how we're doing this. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, if, if we're if we're doing picks, you know, I can tell you what I what I think. And I mean, I could yeah. I'm pretty much along the lines with with Orange, you know, don't be surprised if Ethan wins. But, you know, if you're if you're if you're betting some money, I, I, I wouldn't put it down on, on on Ethan. As much as I would love to see him get the win, I see Lee getting the win. But, yeah, I'm right there with Orange. Don't be surprised if it happens. Yeah, I I expect Lee to win. Don't be shocked if Ethan does. You know, especially if uh, you know we see uh, it continue. What you know, if he, sorry, uh, if we see that partnership with the Duke uh, continue and carry over onto this show, um, if, I think that that could play a lot into it as well. Oh yeah, if the Duke is out there for Ethan, right? If that becomes a thing, that changes the entire dynamic of the match, and I don't. At that point, tough. If the Duke is out there, I like even the right chances even that much more. But for now, I'm going with Lee Moriarty. Same. I'm also going to go with Lee Moriarty. Kind of want to double check Lee Moriarty's record in AIW because ah, he's kind of hit and miss. He is. He he's he's not a guaranteed win every night, but at the same time, it's Lee Moriarty and. He, it's kind of hard to pick against him. You know what I mean? He's he was independent wrestling champion for a reason. Hopefully, the uh, soon to be two time independent wrestling champion. But yeah, uh, if I'm correct, he hasn't won a match in AIW. Which granted, it's it's not that bad. But last person he defeated was Eric Stevens at I assure you were open. So yeah, that was. Let's see. Since then, he was in the triple threat. And he's had the match against Dom. So I don't know. Those, I, I, I don't think it's time to ring the alarm bells yet about that. I mean, you have Dom Guarini, who we want to talk about top guys in the IW, Dom Guarini. And then you have a triple threat match against Alex Shelley and Trey Lamar again. 
two fantastic professional wrestlers. You throw in the unpredictability of a triple threat match. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't think it's time to ring, ring the alarm bell. All right, let's uh, move on to the next match. Next up, we have uh, the Battle of the Peck Tattoos. We have Trey Lamar versus Marino Tanaglia. Two, two guys that are somewhat familiar with tag team wrestling, especially with... Uh, Marino Tanaglia, Trey can he can do tag team, he can do singles. Uh we're not gonna have a, I don't think we're gonna have as much big conversation coming into this, but you do have, you know, one half of the tag team champions, and you got, you know, Trey Lamar, who part of 40 Acres, who definitely wants a shot at those titles. I'm really excited for this match, see what, what happens here. Uh what are your thoughts on it? Uh, let's go with Flacity. So I'm gonna do my best to try and stay impartial here as we're discussing the thief who is still in possession of the stolen AIW tag team championship. But going into this match, I definitely think you have a lot on the line in terms of jockeying for position in the tag team division, even though this itself is not a tag team match. Uh, Obviously if Trey does beat uh, Marino, it's going to go a long way as discussing, okay, 40 acres in the tag team championship scene. Uh, And, you know, we have two guys both like to take to the air. Both guys are very light on their feet. They're quick. They're fast. At the same time, they can hit you with a strike and basically knock your head into the third row. Uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, two very similar athletes uh, in this one. Thoughts on it, Brock? Um, I'm really excited for this one, too. Um, I'm interested to see Marino uh, in a singles match. Um, I've only... I think I've only seen him in a singles match one other time, and it was the Back to the Future Cup. Uh, so I'm excited to see kind of what he can do by himself. I mean, I'd like be outside of like the go for broke stuff, um, like to actually be there to see it in person live. Uh, I'm excited to see. I think it's going to be you know a high flying match. Uh, Trey, you know, especially hits really hard. He likes to do those chops. Um, you know, he might wear that peck, that peck tat off of Marino. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think this one's going to be really fun to watch. I think, honestly, I think this would be a, a really hot opener. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I feel like this, if you're trying to decide what opens the show, you can't really go wrong with this match. Give me the pencil, John. Yeah, I think you're right. Back to the Future Cup was like the only uh, singles match for Marino in AIW, I mean. Because I, w- I wanted to double check that because I, kn- I knew it was early in his AIW career and God, he debuted in 2016 and his a- first a- AIW match was in 2017. Time flies. Yeah, I've already been coming to AIW for like three years now. It's very weird because I still remember my first show. I mean, I- I've been coming for six. I still remember my first show, too. It was amazing. Yeah, but like, yeah, my first show does not feel like it was that long ago at all. I mean, it was... Uh, yeah, it was keep their heads ringing when they went off the balcony. Oh shit, that was your first show. Uh, first show at the um, in Cleveland. I was there for uh, WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, but, okay. But that was my first show actually coming to Cleveland. And now I drive there every fucking show we have. So you know, <laughs> must have yeah. made an impression somewhere. Yeah, now I'm gonna try to get you to drive further soon. I'll go anywhere for your barbecue, Brock. I will go <laughs> I mean, my first show was Absolution 10 in uh, 2015, and honestly, it, it feels like it was so much, like, it feels like it was so long ago. Um, there's so much that's happened uh, in AIW, like, in between, you know, 
then and now so many people have come and gone and gotten signed and you know gotten signed and come back and uh yeah it's i don't know i i love i love going to aw shows and i love watching just the growth that that they've had over the last you know, six years or so that i've been going my first show was 10 years ago in november this coming november hell on earth seven and just looking at this card really quick here who is still in aiw from that show eric ryan colin delaney the duke it's been a minute since we've seen bobby beverly so i'll, I'll put him in there flip kendrick um marion fontaine shows up occasionally and that's it that is and it makes sense because uh they talked about people who have had like the most matches in aiw that's kind of the names that were mentioned eric ryan colin delaney uh johnny gargano and the pirate yeah louis linden pirate. yeah louis linden yes if i were to read some of these names off this this uh card a lot of people would go who and even i went back and watched it and i went who arrow Trey, danny only not eddie oh i'm a danny only Nick, uh, second cousin, twice removed. <laughs> Nick Talent, throwback for a lot of uh, older AIW fans. The Latin Crime Syndicate, the Chad. Oh, I'm a big the Chad. No, who the fuck that is? Well, he was a member of Flexor Industries, and that's a whole other uh, fun stuff. Oh, uh, technically too, I, I overlooked his name. Tim Donst, still someone in AIW. The main event of the show: Masada yes. versus Madman Pondo. Twenty-one minutes and ten seconds. I I don't know if I want to watch that match for 21 minutes. I probably I probably would. Jesus. Half of this card is in the minutes are in double digits. It's this was like I think it, it the show was over after midnight. Dear God. I mean, I wouldn't complain if that happened now, but I would be fucking tired. I've been to a couple of AIW shows that ended around midnight. Like whenever we were at uh, Mount Carmel, it it happened a lot. So yeah, that and for me it does feel like ten years because my life ten years ago to now is a night and day difference. I'm not with the same person. I'm not in the same career field. I don't have the same vehicle. I don't have the same pets. Yeah, just completely different. You know a weird guy named Orange Placity who you invite on your podcast sometimes. Well, ten years ago I didn't have a podcast. Well, I was starting to do a podcast. I was within my first year. A year later, I would start the Ohio Indie Report. Later, getting to the show, I've, I've said it before. If you want to go back and listen to those episodes, they're on the feed. But I'm telling you, those episodes are shit. Those are, episodes are absolute garbage. But 2011, 2012 technology, it was what it was. Yeah. And hey, hey, and now now you've got the top tier of independent professional wrestling uh, uh, podcasting talent in one orange glassy. You're welcome, Summers. Uh, Smart Mark Sterling will be hitting you up about my contract. I, I, t I told you, he's my lawyer. He, he's not going to hit me up. He, he, he's he's going to fuck you over more than me. Remember that. Well, well, I have somebody in the main event who's going to deal with that. But more on that later. This one's for you. <laughs> Don't sue me. Price is right. Anyway, um, let's do picks on Trey Lamar versus Marino Tanaglia. I'm going to go Trey Lamar. What do you got, Orange? Yeah. Yeah, I got Trey. Uh, I wonder why. The more accomplished singles wrestler. There's no bias here. How about you, bro? I'm gonna hold. 
I'm going to hold my bias and I'm going to uh, go ahead and be different and pick Marino. I think I pissed Orange off with that pick and he left the call. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move to the next match. And we had one member of PME. Let's go to the other one. Philly Collins versus Mikey Montgomery. Um, does does Mikey die here or does he die next month versus Dom or both? Oh, or he's, both. De- he's dead against Dom. He's, he's totally dead. There's that match. The only way Mikey is lasting longer than five minutes against Dom is if Mikey starts running. Uh, otherwise, or unless Dom decides he wants to play with Mikey a little bit and prolong the torture. Uh, either way, that's next month. We're talking about this month. Um, well, hold on, hold on, I, hold on. If you listen to your radio, your MP3 player, your headphones really carefully, you can actually hear Ed from Pod Van Dam yelling at his podcast player, correcting us of how Mikey is going to beat Dom. But that's that. We'll get into that next month. Proceed, Orange. Dom, Dom, if you're listening, and I know you are, Dom, if you're listening, uh, I need you to do me a favor, and I need you while you're choking Mikey out to find ed i will help you find him i'll point to where he's sitting uh or where he's hiding and i just want you to look ed right in the eyes and i I need you to as you're choking mikey out i need you to let ed know that he did this to mikey no one else that ed did this to mikey uh but back to what we were talking about when's the last time we saw philly collins outside of go for broken and singles match does anybody know God, the no. last time I can remember seeing him was the same time I saw uh, Marino in that singles, which would have been Back to the Future in like 2016. So, I, I will attempt to look this up while you talk. So, oh great, now I have to fill time. So, uh, I've seen Mikey in a singles a lot more recently than I have seen Philly Collins in a singles. And... I don't want to make this sound like tag team guys are at some sort of disadvantage in singles matches, because really they're not. If anything, it kind of... So I've got this thing about tag team wrestlers and how they're probably better than any singles wrestler. I mean, and you see this throughout wrestling history. You have Shawn Michaels, you have Bret Hart, you have Colin Delaney. (laughs) And you have these tag team guys who are also extremely accomplished singles wrestlers. But... I do think there is something to be said for getting into one specific groove and one specific mindset of tag team wrestling, how you're going to have your partner there to back you up. And, you know, we've seen Mikey more recently in a singles match than we have in Philly, you know, disregarding go for broke. I I don't think Mikey is as in as much of a disadvantage here as he is against Dom in a month. So I don't think Mikey dies, but he's definitely dying in a month. Yeah. I don't think he dies here either. Um, but I, you know, this, this show is, is really interesting kind of, you know, the way that everything is playing out where you're having, you know, these tag guys in singles matches instead of tags. Um, I'm, I really, I, I think that that's interesting. Uh, I really like the, I mean, I, I, I always like the way that John Thorne books, uh, but this, you know, this show specifically is really kind of piqued my interest with, with some of these matches. Um, you have that, you know, kind of classic uh, speed versus power with Mikey versus Philly. 
And uh, so I think it's going to be really fun to see that play out. But, you know, for Philly's size, you know, he he can move really quick, too. And he's not afraid to fly either. Uh, so this match, I don't know. It's, it's a really interesting dynamic, um, you know, the, the differences between the two. Uh, the, all the stuff that, you know, between, bit, bit, between the Bitcoin boys and PME from the past, I think that uh, this could really help kind of uh, put Bitcoin boys into the, in, you know, more into the, the title picture than what they already have been. Philly's last single match in AIW appears to be Back to the Future Cup, but fun fact, he had another singles match in AIW, AIW's Season of the Witch uh, match against Frankie Flynn, and it was Philly that won. Not Philly, it was a Frankie. Flynn lips. Because I, I remember one of the guys from PME had a singles match in AIW before PME was a thing. And this was kind of like the introduction. So it was Philly that was the one that got the introduction. Let's pick winners here. I'm going to go Philly. Who you got, Orange? Uh, so I just make it a general rule that I never pick PME to win anything. Uh, so I'm going to go Mikey. I got Philly. Still holding that bias. I mean... I'm not biased. I got my, I got my own reasons. I got my know, own reasons. If I'm being 100% honest, I I'm, I kind of have a bias towards both of these guys because, you know, we, we sponsor uh, PME and the Bitcoin boys. So, you know, th- this match for me just, you know, it, it kind of tears my heart out a little bit. Brock's open for a time limit draw here. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Can we get like a, you know, let, let's go with like three minutes so that these guys don't hurt each other too much. All right. Uh. Let's move on to the next match. And we had one member from Bitcoin. Let's go to the next member of Bitcoin. Eric Taylor versus Dominic Guarini. Um, does does Eric Taylor die here? Because I, I made it before this match was announced. I made a joke that I look forward to the future of the Bitcoin boy, Eric Taylor, because Mikey's going to die. But now I'm, I'm wondering, like, is the Duke going to be the only Bitcoin boy left? I know he's not a Bitcoin boy, but still. I was going to say, I, I, I would never describe the Duke as a boy uh, ever, especially not B-O-I. Uh, but uh, I, I, before Go For Broke was a thing, I would have told you that Dom Garini absolutely walks into this match, eats Eric Taylor's lunch in under two minutes, and we're done. But Eric Taylor has already shown everybody that he can go more than 20 minutes in the ring with Dom Garini. It wasn't a fluke. We all saw that match. Eric held his own. So I think this one's going to be interesting. That being said, how much is Dom going to see that 20-minute time limit draw as added motivation for this match? I don't think Eric dies, mainly because uh, you don't have Ed yelling at Dom how much Mikey is going to beat him so i don't think there's any motivation for dom to straight up kill eric uh but i do think dom is going to be a little more motivated after their draw the first time eric really surprised a lot of people and go for broke uh, whenever he wrestled dom and I, you know, I don't know if you guys saw that promo that he, uh, he put online um but you know he, he's hanging out in his hot tub whenever it's 85 degrees out 
He's eating olives off of his fingers. He's drinking his 2% milk. He's, he's confident. Like he is really confident going into this match. And I think, you know, that 20, that 20 minute draw with Dom and Gopher broke helped build his confidence. I think, you know, I, I don't know. I, I guess I shouldn't be saying my pick yet, but I'm going to go ahead. I, I think this is going to be the upset of the night. And I'm, you know, I'm calling it right now, and I'm, I'm saying that that Eric is taking it, and I love Dom, and this is, you know, no bias because, you know, we sponsor the Bitcoin boys. I just think that this is going to be the upset, and if, you know, it, it, we might get another another time limit draw, I, I but I can honestly see uh, Eric getting the upset win. All right, let's get into picks. Uh, Orange, uh, who do you got? So. I, I I don't necessarily think that Eric going to a draw with Dom was lightning striking. I don't think it was. I think it's more of a sign of things to come for Eric than just a one-time fluke thing. That being said, I don't think the same magic is here for him on this night. I think Dom uh, defeats him. It's going to be a good match. It's going to be close. Uh, I think Dom picks up the win. I think there's going to be potential interference in this match. Help us get to next month's match. I'm going to pick Eric Taylor to win. And uh, I do have this on uh, the Wrestling Cheers Instagram when I, when I posted the graphic. Eric actually commented. He said, if you guys don't all name me as the predicted winner, I'll stop listening. So, Orange, would you like to change your answer? Okay. Oh, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I changed my answer. Eric Taylor is over. Eric Taylor over. Yep. Yep. So, there... There is one more thing that uh, I, I want to say about this match is, you know, with it being Dom and Eric and then, you know, next month it's Dom and Mikey in the Chandler Biggins Cup, uh, you know, for the, in the tournament. Uh, this could set up, you know, I don't know, maybe some some violence in the future for the Bitcoin boys. That's something that I wouldn't mind seeing. One can only hope one can only hope. God, I've been waiting for that forever. No pun intended. <laughs> All right, uh, since we only have five matches announced, let's get to the main event. We have the Rip City Shooters and Two Infinity and Beyond versus the Figure Four, Matt Cardona, Brian Myers, Smart Mark Sterling, and Hornswoggle. We already know who, well, we already know who one person is going to pick, and I know who the other person is going to pick too, but. Let's still talk about this match. You have the great and talented ECW original Matt Cardona, a.k.a. Zack Ryder, going up against uh, Collins Laney. Justin? Yeah. Justin? Yeah. Do it right. Do it right. You read the contract. Do it right. The ECW legend, Matt Cardona. Brewski. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. All right. Well, I guess it's up to me now. <sighs> you have. The five-time AIW Tag Team Champion. You have the former AIW Absolute Champion. You have ECW Original, ECW Legend, the man who put ECW on the map, the real ECW, the one that made money, Colin Delaney, and his tag team partner for four of those AIW Tag Team Championships. Cheech, and you have the current reigning defending absolute and intense champion josh bishop and the undefeated maserati west barkley going against the doll dorks 
There's only one way this one's going to end, folks. It's going to be a massacre. Bring your ponchos. Yeah, because I know Broski has got the taste of blood lately, so he's already in deathmatch mode, and like how he's going to slaughter these four is going to be unbelievable. Let's 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 let me level with you here, Summers. Josh Bishop is not Nick Gage. Josh Bishop has beaten Nick Gage. Maserati West Barkley has also beaten Nick Gage. Colin Delaney would beat Nick Gage if Nick ever decided to uh, man up and take that challenge. It's going to be a long night for the doll dorks. One way trip. Exit 187. See you, pal. In the words of Joe Sposto, which I don't exactly have it right, be easy on Brian. He's nice. Brian, we, we, we like Brian. We like Brian. He's going to be fine. He's, he's going to be the one man who walks out of here alive still. I, I want to see Broski go off the balcony. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious of the reaction he's going to have in, in AIW. I mean, granted, you're going up against Joshua Bishop, Wes Barkley, to Infinity and Beyond. Two of them are 100% homegrown guys. The other two, Colin, I, I always say this about Colin. I forget that he was in WWE because I've seen him so much in AIW. And that's not a like a insult to him, a slight against him. It's just at one point he was, yeah, that dude that was in WWE a very short amount of time, ECW, blah, blah, blah. But I've seen him so much in the AIW ring. Like that's where my mind associates him with. Yeah, that, that is the home team. To Infinity and Beyond and the Rip City Shooters are probably, theoretically, all you all have to do is throw in either Matt Justice or Dom Guarini, take your pick. There's the AIW home team. But like I pointed out on Twitter, uh, I, I did root for Create a Pro against AIW at that show. And look at uh, look at Team Create a Pro now. Two of them are in AEW. Other one bounces around on Impact and uh, AEW too. So I don't, I don't know where the hell he's at. I hope and I hope and pray we see one of the other members of that team on this show the wrestler formerly known as Nick Stapp, CPA. I do love me some CPA. And uh, let, let me let me pitch something to you guys real quick. So before you said CPA, I was thinking, okay, you know who'd be really cool to see on this show? Uh, maybe like Kaplan versus Mance Warner. But the more I think about it, the really deranged side of me kind of wants to see Kaplan versus CPA. Oh, yeah. Because... Uh, Here's the thing about uh, CPA, folks. CPA can surprise you a lot sometimes. And uh, I just think that'd be, I, th- I think, like, low-key, that would be fucking amazing. I mean, Kaplan versus anybody is amazing. But, yeah, I think him and CPA would be really fun. Here's how I would have booked this match into other matches. And it's not necessarily going to be 100% equal. I thought it'd be great to see Matt Cardona versus Joshua Bishop. Then Brian Myers versus Mance Warner. I found a tweet from last year, right around this time, where he says he wants he wanted a match against Mance Warner, and I don't think he's had it yet. So I, I thought that would be really cool. And then Mark Sterling, I wanted to see him CPA together. You know, maybe have them go up against uh, Two Infinity and Beyond. And then I don't know Hornswoggle. He can, maybe he has another match against Wes. I don't know. He can he can go anywhere, but those are some of the matches that I kind of wanted to see. Especially, I think the big one on my list was Brian Myers versus Mance Warner. 
Yeah, uh, I think we'll. I, I think it'll be interesting to see what Mance does on this show if he's even going to be on this show. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, I, I think, like I said, before coming into recording, I was starting trying to figure out, okay, what else might be on this show? Mance Warner versus Kaplan might be interesting. Like I said, hey, fuck it, Mance Warner versus CPA, or, or I said Kaplan versus CPA, but fuck it, Mance Warner versus CPA. You know, something, something wild, something insane. I hope VSK is on this show. I hope CPA is on this show. Uh, I also hope I would love to see this wrestler make his AIW debut, and that's Philip Cardigan. He's kind of, and I say kind of, Dan the Dad ish, but it's not like he's a dad. I, if you had never seen anything from him, I would just say check his stuff out on YouTube. I happen to catch a match of his uh, through the Major Wrestling Figure podcast, and I was like, ooh, like, this guy's fun. I'd love to see him in AEW. And it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, a match that high profile. Throw him in a scramble match. That's kind of how uh, CPA got in AIW. Bring Philip Cardigan. And another match I'd love to see with somebody from Creative Pro. Bring in AEW wrestler, Platinum Max Caster, friend of the show, guy who does the outro music, versus Derek Dillinger. Yeah, I, I saw them on Twitter kind of going back and forth about wanting that match to be a thing. Uh, it, it'd be real interesting if that ended up being the case here. Uh, I'm a big Platinum Max guy. Uh, obviously, we've already talked at length. I love Derek Dillinger. I love the production. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I think this is going to be a fun main event. Um, I will. I don't know if I've, I've said this on the podcast, but when Ryder and Myers, a.k.a. Matt Cardona, I meant to say Hawkins, but yeah, when the dudes got released first, I think Bob Bryan was released. And I went, Ooh, maybe he'll come back to AAW. That would be awesome. I'd love to see him back here. I thought he, he was great before. He had a lot of memorable matches, not necessarily high profile, but they're ones that I remembered and I liked. And then Cardona got released and I went, Ooh, maybe he can come to AIW too. I think I might've heard that. His asking price might have been a little too high. I'm not 100% sure. I got nothing to back that up. So in my mind, I was like, okay, if we got Brian back in AIW, that's all I need. If Matt shows up, it it's not necessary. It would be an added bonus, not necessarily needed. And then this show was announced, and I was like, oh shit, this is what I wanted to see. And I've been wanting Mark Sterling to come to AIW since before the pandemic, especially with CPA being on shows. I thought it'd be great to have both of them come out. Do something. I'd be great. Squaggle someone we're used to, but heaven all for them. I think it's totally awesome. Also, that hookup too of uh, Toy Hio being the next day. I will say this on top of kind of hoping we see them, seeing them in AIW after they got released. As soon as Toy Hio was announced and all four of them were going to be there, I was like, hmm, what are the odds AIW runs a show the day before, especially when you have those four in town? Like, it, it makes total sense. When this got announced again, another dream or thought come true. Yeah, I was as soon as you guys kind of started to whisper about that because I'm I'm admittedly not the most up on like Toy Hio and stuff. Obviously coming from New York every time, but when when you guys started to whisper about that, I started to think like, okay, that's there's a chance here. There's a chance that happens, and uh, obviously now we have this Friday. I was kind of told some whispers and. Uh, I just kind of looked at the person that was whispering and went, shit, it's going to be a long fucking weekend. 
I didn't find out about Toy Hio until, because as far as I understand, Rick was holding this really close to the vest, but it was announced on the Major Wrestling Figure podcast before he officially announced it. And I remember, I can tell you where I was when I was driving. Ironically, I was in Canton. I was uh, driving up 77. And they said that. It was Brian that said it, actually. I fucking flipped in a good way. Not the truck, just me personally. Because like, oh shit, they're all coming to fucking Toy Hile. This is going to be amazing. And the same thing kind of happened with uh, the announcement. They were coming to AIW. They, uh, it was announced on the podcast first. Flip my shit, even if that's what I expected. But uh, I try to make sure if I am disappointed by my expectation, I try to be like, well, that that's your fault. So it's kind of like, well, it could be them, but you know, maybe somebody else. Boom. This gets announced. Totally happy. Yeah. I didn't know that uh, they were I, before the, the, they got announced. I didn't know that they were going to be there. Uh, but like I heard, you know, whispers about an AIW show. So once I knew that like there was, you know, that they were coming in and then I knew, you know, People kind of told me that AIW was probably going to be happening the night before. I kind of started put things together. Like it, it would, it would, you know, it would make sense for them to be there. I think it's a great get for Thorn too. I mean, those guys have, uh, especially Broski. You know, he's he does great with with his social media. You know, all those guys have a lot of reach, and uh, I think that this match, you know, is going to be really interesting too. Um, I'm really interested to see kind of the clash of styles with uh, Broski and Josh. Um, that's kind of like the most interesting matchup for me in this match. Uh, I, you know, I mean, I love Cheech and Colin, um, maybe not to the extent that Orange does, but I love Cheech and Colin. And Wes Barkley... Say, stay in your lane, pal. <laughs> Wes Barkley has, you know, really grown on me over the last few years. Um, and, you know, I've always lo- loved Bishop. Uh, I don't know. I think it's going to be a really interesting match, and I, I wouldn't be surprised to see some bloodshed and some tables broken, or, or I guess doors broken, and a lot of chairs used. I think it's going to be a fun one. All right, let's uh, get into our picks. Uh, Orange, uh, I'm really curious. Who, who are you going to pick here? You know, Summers, I've, I've sat down. I've looked, looked at the scouting report. I've, I've looked at the, ta- at the tape. I've looked at the uh, the breakdown here, and the way I see it, there's only one way this thing is going to end. Rip City to infinity. Easy. Brock? You know, I, I did the same thing that Orange did. You know, I watched a lot of tape on the Major Brothers and you know, Mark Sterling and Swabble, and I, I watched a lot of Rip City and to infinity, and to infinity and Beyond uh, tape, and I got to say... I think that the winners of this match is going to going to be two Rip City and beyond. I'm picking the figure four, but see, that's a man. That's a man who hasn't watched any tape. <laughs> he didn't do his studying for this match like we did. But maybe I did. Maybe I'm thinking something different. It's not necessarily what's going to happen inside the match. It's what I want to happen afterwards. I'm picturing the figure four. Are victorious standing in the middle of the ring out comes nick gage i won't put my money on it that's what i the really only want. time i want to hear metallica yeah the only time and uh it's bold of you to assume nick would wait till after the match and rather not jump the guardrail beforehand that's the thing too i'm wondering 
Oh, here's this right here. That's the both worlds because I was trying to figure out which which way he's going to go. He's going to go both. He's going to wait till after the match. Why did he wait till after the match to return to AIW when Dons won the title? He's smart. So they're they're celebrating in the ring. For whom the bell tolls, starts playing. Well, Matt's not alone. He's got backup right there in the ring. So you know they're kind of like being a little barricade for Matt. You know, gonna gonna protect Matt out from the crowd. Comes Nick Gage, tax Cardona, tax the rest of them. We end it with Nick Gage in the middle of the ring. Will that happen? Probably not. But I could hope. We can all dream. Yeah, we can all dream. But uh, I do think Nick Gage is a big To Infinity and Beyond fan. Like you said, he's a smart man. So uh, he's a big To Infinity and Beyond fan. So he, he, he would make sure his boys get the win. I, I don't necessarily think he's a To Infinity and Beyond fan. I don't think he's a... I, well, we know he's not a Rip City shooter fan. It's going to be more about his enemies. The, pa- the past is the past. Like I said, it's what I want to see. I'm not ballsy enough to say it will happen. But if you remember back, for those who have, who have listened long enough, back when he returned, did I forget what absolution number it was? I flipped my shit when that happened. If it happens again, I will flip my shit just as hard. I can't go higher because I, I went pretty fucking nuts. Summers, are you front row again? Orange. Orange. Yeah. Are you, uh, are you a Colin Delaney fan? Point taken. <laughs> See, I, I just thought we were asking stupid questions. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I just making sure. I mean, with, I mean, with how tickets have gone, I could, I could yeah, understand I that. But yeah. um, this I is definitely. I had to be, I had to be second row for the two mystery shows, but I'm back in the front row for this one. Uh, this show and the next show, when they were released at midnight, I jumped on them. Yeah, uh, I got front row for the uh, Chandler Biggins Cup, uh, bringing the new girlfriend with me. All right, so that pretty much wraps it up for our preview for AIW's major announcement. One more time going through those matches. Ethan Wright versus Lee Moriarty. Trey Lamar versus Marino Tanaglia. Mikey Montgomery versus Philly Collins. Eric Taylor versus Dominic Greeny. And in your main event, the Rip City Shooters and To Infinity Beyond versus the Figure Four, Matt Cardona, Brian Myers, Smart Mark Sterling, and Hornswoggle. Going to be a great night. There's definitely going to be some more matches going on, but we, we just don't know them right now. I mean, it, it, it is what it is. Probably going to be a scramble match. Almost can guarantee you a scramble match, but, you know, hey. Any final thoughts or last minute plugs before we go? Orange. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Orange Blastity. I don't have much of anything else going on except I seem to be on everybody's podcasts coming up. Uh, yeah, uh, Smart Money, Rip City to Infinity. I'll, I will be taking uh, everybody's bets, and uh, you know, give me your money, Brock. You got a big weekend. Let's hear it. I have such a big weekend. Uh, so yeah, I have a catering company it's called smoking jays uh follow us on the socials uh facebook.com slash smoking jays catering uh twitter and Insta- instagram at smoking underscore jays bbq uh this saturday if you're listening to uh the show when it comes out um saturday june 19th uh you will actually have two opportunities to grab some some of my food uh, myself and a team will be at Toy Ohio in Girard, Ohio with uh, special guests, like we've said uh, on the show already. Uh, the guys from the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, Brian Myers, uh, Matt Cardona, Smart Mark Sterling, and Swoggle. 
as well as Aaron Archer. Um, and then it's $5 to get in. We'll be set up with a whole bunch of food. Uh, we've been working really hard um, on a lot of new recipes. Uh, I know that, like, I mean, I, I've kind of told uh, some people, and, you know, the, the, the goal for me has always been to be able to open up my own restaurant. And uh, we are trying really hard to make that that dream uh, a closer reality. So we've been busting our ass on some new recipes, uh, especially some stuff for like, you know, our vegan and vegetarian friends. Uh, so like at Toy Iowa, we're going to be debuting our uh, smoked jackfruit, uh, which I, you know, I'm not a vegan or a vegetarian and I thought it tasted good. Uh, so I hope that everybody else thinks it does too. Uh, if you are not a meat eater, um, but if you can't come to Toy Ohio, uh, Mike is going to be set up uh, in Southside Pittsburgh uh, for Block Party Puppet Freakout. Um, that starts at noon. There's going to be a whole bunch of bands playing. It's on Sydney Street across from Bruder's. And then uh, the only other thing that I have is uh, just to check out our sponsored athletes, uh, Dan Radka and Timmy Nestor of Radka Racing Family. And then, of course, uh, our, our guys over there in uh, PME and the Bitcoin boys. Uh, other than that, uh, you know, I, I hope uh, I get to see everybody at Toy Hio, uh that I don't get to see at the AIW show. Um, and if you want to try my food uh, and you haven't had that opportunity before, um, Toy Hio or uh, that Block Party Puppet Freakout is uh, your opportunities to do so this weekend. Summers. Thanks uh, so much for having me on again. Orange, it was great talking with you. Uh, it was great talking with both you guys. I'm excited to see both you guys this weekend. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. Smoking Jay's best barbecue here north, south, east, or west of Kansas City. <laughs> I, I try. I, I, I'm trying really hard. Uh, it's It's been a lot of work. And uh, yeah, I think things are, are really going in the right direction right now. You're succeeding, my friend. Uh, thank you. And all of us here are huge, huge fans of your work. Are you guys a little biased? Uh, admittedly, no. Your barbecue is that fucking good. <laughs> thank you, Ben. It's that great combination of that and the smoked mac and cheese. So good. That, that, you know, like I, I tell everybody all the time, that smoked mac and cheese is what I get the most compliments on. Uh, so... Uh, I'm really happy with how that recipe turned out. And whenever uh, I had stuff for the last AIW shows, uh, there was a lot of people that said that it was the best that it's ever been. So that was a huge compliment as well. And of course, you can find myself at jsummers330 on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram, much like you can find this show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, Twitter.com slash wrestling cheers, Instagram.com slash wrestling cheers. Email. If you so choose a desire, wrestlingcheers at gmail.com. And we have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Like I said earlier in the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. You're ever listening to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or Podbean, wrestlingcheers.podbean.com. And you can find all the links for all the social media and every place you can find the show in our link tree in this episode's show notes. You can also check out our friends on the Trending Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, Eurovision Showcase, The Spanish Announce Table, and Wrestling with Altitude. Check out our other podcast friends, such as Pod Van Dam, 
super fantastic podcast. It's Evolution, baby. The IndieCast, Sobros Network, Biff Radio, Off the Hop Rope, Game Marks Podcast, We Like Sports Podcast, Powerbomb Jitsu, The Spotlight Series, Fully Posable, Doing the Favor, Positively Pro Wrestling, IWTV Guide, At Odds with Wrestling, Best in the World Podcast, Marks with Mikes, Dark Match Podcast, and Porch Talk. Check out our other non-podcasting friends such as Thrift Store Jobber, The Savage Dash, The Mystery Men, Redline Radio, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, VHS Party Tonight on Instagram, Happy Hour with Steve Guy, The Co-Host Wrestling Show, Good Company, Toy Hio, Time Capsule Toys, Stay Tough, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, Wrestle Void, Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when it's in the contract. Later. It's the Wrestling Cheers. Get up on your feet. Brighten in your day in the middle of the week. And you gotta love the show. Yeah, you know it holds a title for the best podcast. Talking wrestling in Ohio. Finishing a cold one. Take a load off. We ain't all about the prohibition like Josh. So we cheers. And then we sit back, other shows are in the trash, kinda like they Nick Stapp Like the name is Matt Justice, wearing all the gold Wrestling Cheers is coming to a close The number one podcast going in the game And one day everybody's gonna know the name It's the Wrestling Cheers This is Platinum Max, signing off Ohio, Good night. the world, Good night. We love you, we'll see you next week